Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Everybody, my name is James D. Fiore, and this is Black Bolt. Okay, I'm pretty pumped up for today's show for a bunch of reasons. First and foremost, I love making people angry for stupid things. One of those stupid things is who I choose to have a guest on this show. I just interviewed Steve Pakin. Uh, Steve Pakin is a longtime Canadian journalist. He's been around for about three or four decades. And I asked him the question. I'm like, if there was a person that you wouldn't interview, who would that person be? And I asked in the context of my guest today, I had a splendid time the last time I talked to this person. I didn't think that there was any hate speech involved in any of the things that we discussed, even if we disagreed on things. And he said to me, if a person is elected to office, they're a legit interview, no matter who it is. And I agree. And I also would like to point out that uh, while I don't know this person personally, I thought she was very pleasant the last time we spoke. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be that same way today. So would you please welcome to the show? Her name is Christine Anderson. Christine, how are you? Fine. I'm doing just fine. How about you? I'm doing well. I would like to start off this interview with a little bit of transparency and um, and tell you that I, I you were a little hesitant to do the second interview. Why is that? Well, um, like I said, uh, there, you know, whatever I said, you uh, uh, occasionally jumped in there and, and sort of gave it another spin or jumped to conclusions um, that had actually nothing nothing to do with uh, what I had said. Okay, well, I apologize. But uh, I think we I, I think we cleared this up. So um, I'm I'm happy to be on again. So well, listen, my my job is not to uh, wave a flag of ideology. I, I, I would actually prefer if people didn't know my politics at all, because I think really the focus should be on my guest rather than myself. So um, now what I want to start with, and by the way, I just got to my hotel in Ottawa. I didn't have time to load up all these uh, graphics and, and videos, but we can just talk about what I want to talk about anyways. And I haven't been able to speak with you since you came to Canada and you were treated like a rock star. Uh, you, you went to places, people were cheering, you were emotional what do you think was the reason for such a connection between you and the people that came out to see you? Well, um, I was told it was going to be like that. Um, but I simply, I, 
I did I did not believe it to be quite quite honest. And when I got there and and I actually saw what was going on, I was like, oh my god. And uh, I spoke to so many people, and I really made it a point to uh, to make time for the people because that's why I went in the first place. And the um, the number one thing uh, or the reason I was given uh, by most of the people, um, they kept telling me uh, I gave them a voice, I validated them. Hmm. And that got me thinking, um, yeah, if I probably did without even being aware of that. But um, if someone, I mean, there were a lot of people even in tears thanking me for validating them. And that is usually something you hear from someone who has been a victim of psychological abuse. And uh, yeah, it, 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 I kind of figured it out at that point. Um, all of this gaslighting that was going on, especially during this so-called pandemic. Um, and uh, here I was, you know, all the way across the ocean. Um, yeah, basically just saying what the people really felt and um i was told i was i was the only one um that that would have did that at that point and there wasn't a single member in the canadian parliament who yeah would have done that at that point anyway so um yeah i guess i just have to accept that um but this validation that that is really um it, and i to be quite frank it was psychological abuse and that's what I really accuse all of the governments, especially in the Western democracies. Um, they gas uh, their people, their own people, uh, try to manipulate them, try to isolate them, try to make them feel a small French minority. You know, nobody wants to be in a, in a minority. Um, so this was, uh, I just seriously, that was despicable. The most despicable thing I have uh yeah, experienced. What what, what, what was specifically the most despicable thing? Well, uh, you know, just basically threatening people. You will lose your job if you don't take that mRNA shot. Uh, and, and you are, you know, completely alone. You're a nutcase pretty much if you don't do the right thing. Uh, you have to show solidarity. So go get your jab, you know, all of this, this uh, ostracism, uh, uh, this uh, stigmatization of people who most of them for very, very good reasons, simply refuse to take that mRNA shot. Um, and it created a climate within the societies um, that I, as a German, uh, am all too familiar with. It, it's the very same uh, I mean, it's literally taken out of the textbook of what happened in Germany in the 30s, uh, a very, very dark period uh, of my history. Um, but I have made it my mission in life to actually learn from history. And only then will I be able to prevent anything like that from ever happening again. But you need to be able to recognize the mechanisms that were deployed back then. And yes, these were the very same mechanisms that they put in place uh, this time around. I think a lot of people listening will will be interested, uh, find it interesting that you would say that. And I'm, I'm going to word this the right way because I don't want you to think I am calling you this. But how hard is it for you to hear people in the media, especially reflexively refer to you as a Nazi, especially being a German? I, I'm just 
I've always wanted to ask you that because I, I just to, just to preamble this a little bit. I have a very I, I have I have Jewish friends and they are very careful who they call Nazis because they understand Nazis to have a definition that includes a lot of like oppression and murder and things like that. So I just want to know how it makes you feel as a German woman to be referred to as a Nazi. Well, at this point, you know, it, it doesn't do anything with me anymore because I, I mean, I've I've been slapped with that label for so many times. Uh, and you know what? It, it's this this overuse of that term, and it basically renders it meaningless at this point. And just to think, um, you know, you won't even say the word. Call, I notice. Uh, I'm sorry. You won't even say the word Nazi. I notice. You don't want them to. You yeah, don't want them to clip no, it. Right? I, I, I no, I don't have a problem with that. It, it, it's just that you know. Um, what what kind of message are you sending when you call me a Nazi? I mean, just think about you know young people, kids even you know. So now they hear I'm supposed to be a Nazi. They're looking at me, you know. But well, if that is a Nazi, well, they couldn't have been that that bad after all. It it is actually downplaying the horrific uh, uh, atrocities that the Nazis inflicted on humanity. It's, it's you know, more, basically it's, it's it making it more harmless uh, to, you know, bystanders. And uh, in Germany, that is actually crime to downplay uh, the atrocities that the Nazis inflicted on Germany. So anyone calling me a Nazi should be very careful um, if he really wants to do that, because he might run into a problem with uh yeah with our criminal code do you have do you have an issue with that part of the criminal code just in principle not because of the, no i don't not because of the nazi no, not because of the nazi part but just because it's it's kind of flies in the face of freedom of speech like being able to like be wrong about something publicly like do you agree with that principle well, well um i the, the, the only thing i do see a little critical here is that um it pretty much prevents you from uh asking questions mm. you know anytime you you're like bring up that issue or whatever you're immediately accused of uh, uh downplaying the, the atrocities the nazis inflicted on, on on mankind so um but if you're not allowed to ask questions or you know to, to dig deep into all of this how did it come about what were the mechanisms uh, that were in, in, in place back then um how did it all happen and i really have to say um at this point the ones that are screaming loudest never again you know and, and fight the beginnings that's like their, their their slogan they wouldn't recognize the beginnings if it jumped up and bit them in their faces and that's that's you know like i said i truly did learn from history and, uh, you have to understand the mechanisms that made it all possible back then. I mean, just think about it. Um, Germany back then, we were, you know, a civilized society. We were scientifically far advanced. We had brought about, you know, poets, uh, uh, literates, you know. I mean, we really were actually a great society. But yet it was possible. It was possible to turn the society into yeah this i don't know monstrous society whatever you know and if it, it's possible to uh do it to the german people back then well please do not make the mistake of assuming that it could never happen anywhere else and from where i stand 
that's what we've seen in the last three years. That's exactly what they did. And that's one of the reasons why uh, you resonated with that crowd when you came um, to Canada. I want to um, switch gears a little bit and talk about what happened when you came here. Because, again, I haven't had a chance to speak with you since you did. And uh, it, 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 it revolves around this man, Pierre Poiliev. Here, I'll put up a picture of him. There he is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you... Uh, you actually, met with a... actually, I, I, can t- I can show you another picture. I hope the people can see this. Oh, that is... <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that brilliant? <laughs> that is hilarious. He's so little. He's so... Look at him, you know? Yeah, well, he is. He is. 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 is he that little? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, now, this is a weird... Uh, th- this was a weird situation for a lot of us because, first of all, you got... Um, you got shat upon, I guess I would say, by the media and by Pierre Polyev himself for meeting with sitting conservative MPs, including Leslyn Lewis, who's a black woman who was accused of meeting with a racist, which I found to be very interesting. Um, can you I, I, I want to ask you a couple of questions that I'm, I'm hoping that you'll you'll be really transparent about because no reporter like asked any of these questions uh, in Canada. One of them is. Have you ever had any conversations with Pierre Praliev before or after you visited? No, I did not. No. So you didn't have one conversation just to like... No. Did you attempt to? No. No? Okay. No. And the people that you met with, have you been able to speak with them since you met with them? I'm sorry, the the people that I... The MPs that you met with, did you have any uh, subsequent conversations with them? uh, With one of them. Okay. Can you say which one? Yes, Leslie Lewis. Okay, see, this is what I mean. So, why would Leslie Lewis go back to the trough of racism, <laughs> right? Like, well, yeah, I, you know, I mean, if, like I said, you know, we had a lovely lunch, uh, uh, lunching going on. You know, um, we got along just fine, and um, I, I was quite astonished. You know, like a day or two days later. Uh, uh, to see what whatever Poliev put out there. Um, while it's not clear whether or not he actually did do that. But, I mean... His like office said, did. His, his office, his office yeah, did, yeah. and he didn't put it on his social media. He, put, he gave it to yeah. a reporter. Right. So he wanted to uh, have it both ways, I guess. You would right. Think. So, like I said, we had a, a really, you know, lovely talk during our lunch appointment, and um, there wasn't anything going on, you know, that they were like appalled about anything I said. Uh, on the contrary, they actually agreed on, on a lot of issues with me. And um, so, but I, like I said, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm used to that kind of stuff, you know, just being labeled by people that don't know the first thing about me. So um, I really felt, uh, uh, I, I apologize to Leslie Lewis for having her gotten into that fix on my account. Um, and she was, uh, she responded. Uh, I, I never even attempted to to contact the other two um, because they put it out on their social media. So whatever, you know. I mean, mm. I, I guess they kind of have to do what is expected of them to uh, remain uh, in in position within their party. But that just goes to show they're they're pushovers, pretty much. Was the meeting with Max Bernier planned or a subsequent thing that took place because of the blowback of what happened? No, that that actually been lined up. That that okay. was planned. So that, that wasn't something that happened. 
Um, and yeah, uh, with Maxime, you know, we got along just fine. And uh, it, it was actually pretty smart um, that Maxime rose to the occasion, you know. And uh, yeah, I have a lot of respect for him. Yeah, this is one of those issues. Like, it's it's interesting because I've interviewed Maxime Bernier four times. I'm interviewing him again before his by-election in a couple of weeks. And I think he's a very nice person. And I hear, I see reporters and people in Canada refer to him as a Nazi. And I'm really kind of a little bit tired of it. Not Not just because I think it's an inflammatory label to give somebody that, you know, that doesn't embody what my Jewish friends would call important characteristics of a Nazi, right? Like, but also because if there is a discrepancy in the amounts of, say, for example, immigration levels. Like, I saw Maxine Bernier get called a Nazi because he wants 150,000 immigrants instead of 375,000. And I'm just like, wouldn't a Nazi just say zero? Yeah, yeah. What is your position on the amount of immigration that should be coming to Germany? Like, is there a number... uh, no, there, there, there is no number. Um, what is happening in Germany is actually for very, very good reasons. We have an article in our uh, Grundgesetz, in our basic law, in our constitution, if you will, um, that grants uh, political asylum to people who are being persecuted by their governments uh, for political reasons. But that's it. Political reasons. So for very good reasons, we have this provision within our constitution because uh when you go back the jews they were hated everywhere in the whole world Mm. and here they were in germany you know being led to to uh, to be slaughtered and they had no place to turn to because pretty much the rest of the world said now we don't want you either including canada i'm sorry including canada we turned boats back i know i know so but that that is the truth that the rest of the world doesn't want to know anything about it anymore, you know? They're like kind of, no, that didn't didn't really happen. Yeah, it did happen. So for very good reasons, we have that provision within our constitution. We will grant political asylum. But um, with all coming in, they're not claiming political asylum. They are not, you you understand what I'm saying? So this uh, provision... What are they they claiming? What are they claiming instead? They're just, you know, seeking asylum, is what they say, but it's not based on political asylum. It's all kinds of things. They're fleeing from war. They're fleeing from, you know, whatever. Now we have this climate uh, refugee thing going on. You know, the Greens are really big on that. So, no, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. This is an abuse of that very good provision in our constitution to just let any old show march into our country. And the, the very interesting thing is, while this so-called pandemic was going on, um, anyone was able to step foot into my country, no questions asked. I mean, there was a pandemic going on, a deadly pandemic, remember? So anyone was just, you know, yeah, just come on in. No questions asked. But me as a German citizen, I was not allowed to step foot into a restaurant, into a shoe store, into a hairdresser's without showing some kind of a green certificate or whatever. How ridiculous is that? So, and that just goes to show it's an abuse of our constitution to just let anyone march in here. And um, when you when you look at our society right now, um, 
on an everyday basis. We are having attacks uh, that are, you know, conducted via machetes or knife knifing down. You know, people are being, you know, jumped into their backs randomly, just like that. We're talking about gang rapes going on on an everyday basis. Yeah, sorry, that's not what I want for my for my country and uh, especially the safety of women. We are now talking about safe spaces for women when there is, you know, huge events like, like Volksfest, uh, something like that. They actually provide now shelters where women can flee to in case another thousand migrants just, you know, happen to gang up on them. Seriously, this is the society we are so proud of? I think not. Are there statistics about that? Because I'd love to read that because I, I, I keep on, I, we live in a world where there are, in, in my opinion, there we're, we're polarized obviously, and each side has their narrative and agenda. And we hear things like what you just said. And we also hear things that are like, oh, that's a myth. And I'm sitting there in the middle looking yeah. at both sides going, I would like to know the numbers. Is there a place, well, a source where I can get numbers? Well, um, the data would be available if they cared enough to get the data. But, you know, on all the criminal statistics, they no longer uh, differentiate between migrant or, you know, German citizen or whatever. They're just not uh, asking for that data anymore. So to not, uh, you know, raise concerns or something like that. So uh, once again, you see this, this gaslighting is actually going on. So whenever you do read in the newspaper here in Germany that yet another young girl was being, you know, gang raped by, I don't know, 10, 12 guys, it only says 12 men. Seriously? You know, and I'm pretty sure the, the names of those men weren't like John or or Marcus or whatever. You know, are you sort of suggesting there's a predisposition for violence with some of the migrants that come over? No, I'm no, uh, I'm not saying that. But just look at the um, at the cultures they're coming from. Their uh, you know sex is like a, a haram over there. You know, so oh, sorry, you're what? you're you're not allowed. So if you suppress um, uh, the sexual need that mm. any human being has, if you suppress it to an extent that you you pretty much you know pay with your life if you do. Uh, uh, yeah, act on it. Um, that just I think I think they call that the Catholic. I, I think they call that the Catholic priest syndrome. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I was raised Catholic. Yeah, I think thanks to yeah. that. I might use that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you are absolutely right about that. <laughs> so now here they are. They come into a society uh, where women are, have equal rights, and they do not have to cover themselves up in in. In, in black tents or whatever, you know. Yeah, of course they're going nuts. Um, I, I wanted, You said something about climate change I thought was interesting. Um, what is your, I probably asked you this before, but uh, I just kind of want to know again. Is, isn't there, is, is there a gray area between climate change is a hoax and climate change is about to kill us all? Is there a gray like area? Is, well, yeah, like do you live in that gray area or do you think it's a hoax? Uh, well, no, I mean, if, one thing. Um, I, 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 wait, 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 hold on. Before you say, before you say, before you say anything, 
can we just do away with the whole thing and like the climate changes all the time? Because really what I'm talking about is how pollution impacts the earth's health and, and temperature changes. That that's kind of what I'm asking. Right. The thing is, there is climate change. Of course, there is climate change. There has always been climate change. Climate is changing and it has done so for hundreds of thousands of years. The thing is, is mankind or we as humans, are we really responsible for that? And that is to me kind of like hubris, really? We really well, believe to be respond. There have been periods. Uh, how can we? How can we, no, how can we our, not? Our history. There have been periods that have been way warmer than they are now in here in Europe. So, um, and you know, just breaking down the numbers when when you look at it. Um, uh, so, speaking of Germany, so we contribute like what point zero 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 two percent of carbon dioxide and now we shut down all of our nuclear power plants which by the way you know were yeah the cleanest power supply we had so we shut them down because if something would happen at the other end of the world that could never happen in germany so we shut down our nuclear all of them uh, which by the way had the highest safety standards the highest we shut them down and now we are buying the nuclear power from France, from Poland, from, you know, God only knows where to, yeah, we are an industrial nation. We do need power. And if you undermine that, guess what? You will no longer be a player in the industrial world. It's as I, simple as that. I now they're think... mandating people. Let me go on. It, it's so absurd. So up until a couple of years ago, people were told, uh, you really should buy, you know, a, a house to live in to secure your retirement once you're old. Well, a lot of people did. And guess now what happens? Now they have to uh, redo the whole house to live up to the uh, whatever standard the Greens come up with. So people are looking at having to invest in the house they bought so they can have their retirement um, like 150, $200,000, $250,000 just to live up to these absurd uh, uh, measures of what the Greens dream up every day. This is ridiculous. It's I, impoverishing people and it's, uh, it's basically making it impossible for anyone to own a house anymore. That's what I, they're doing. I think the first part of what you said, I think I, the one, the line that you said that I was hoping you wouldn't, um, about how about how the climate's always changing. I mean, there is something to be said, especially since the Industrial Revolution. We we are spewing a lot of things into the atmosphere. We are leaking chemicals into rivers, into oceans, and the plastic situation, and this, that, and the other thing. It's not only about global warming. It is about pollution, right? Like, and I think that I don't think it's hubris to say we've also detonated thousands of nuclear weapons since the '40s, right? And so we are doing things to our climate that are yeah, having are. a pretty profound impact on just the health of the planet. Sometimes I think people get too invested in terms like global warming or climate change. Like, it, it's 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 very easy to come up with the counter argument because, of course, the climate always yeah. changes. It changed after the asteroid wiped out the dinosaurs. It changed after volcanoes erupted. It changed after the Industrial Revolution. It just changes, and I understand that. 
but it is certainly we have made a little bit of a mess of this planet and i think do you think there needs to be a green i guess my question is this do you think there needs to be a green message that comes from the right that recognizes that the human activity that's been happening for the last 150 years or whatever has contributed to an unhealthy planet and we need to clean that up why isn't there that kind of message coming from the right in western nations Okay, so um, no, I, I, you know, in, in parts, I actually agree with you. What? Yes, um, to exploit the planet completely, you know, that is that that is the wrong thing to do. And uh, there have been, you know, ever since the '80s. I mean, here in Germany, the Green Party was founded in the '80s. You know, that was a very important impulse. They actually uh, gave to society. We need to be more considerate of our environment. But leave it to the socialists or whatever, they manage to screw up every good idea. And they have taken it to a point now where it's just utterly ridiculous. It is ideologically so insane, actually. You know, that's what they're doing. So there is like, no, they do not recognize, okay, we've we've accomplished this, we've accomplished that. And we are living in a much better environment than we did in the 80s. But with them, it, it, enough is never enough. They just keep going and going and going. And just look at the ridiculous uh, um, thing. So like plastic straws, you know, to have your soda or whatever. They are now banned completely because they polluted the ocean. You know, yeah. can I can look, I just say something before we go on? I, I'm against I'm against all adults using straws. Those are kids. I mean, it's ridiculous. So we no longer are, you know, allowed to use straws, plastic straws, because they pollute the oceans. Look at the billions and billions of these ridiculous face masks that are now polluting the ocean. No one talks about that. The Greens were right on board with that. So, and going back, looking at the Green Party, I mean, in the 80s, they literally chained themselves to every freaking tree to prevent it from being hacked down. Now, they're leading, marching in front of the parade, you know, to just uh, uh, take down all of the trees to put up these ridiculous windmills, which are nowhere capable to even supply us with the energy we need. And then there's times, you know, guess what? The sun is not shining and the wind's not blowing. Yeah. Okay, well. but, but, but the question was do, whether or not you think that the right needs to come up with a more robust and more publicized plan for the environment. That's my question. Well, and, and, and I actually think we have. But Can it's like what it is? Taking, taking it, well, to be considerate of the environment and to make right decisions. But it's not a right decision to hack down, you know, I don't know how many uh, square miles of forest to put up ridiculous windmills, which, by the way, you know, disturb the, the birds, the insects, which are the greens, you know, usually really concerned about. So they are planting like all these little flowers so the the, 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 the bees, you know, but, can, can do their thing. But right. I mean... Seriously, but what kind? Crazy. But what kind of plan should the right be putting out right now? Is my question. Like, well, well, give me, give me something. Give me some apply, of Christine apply, Anderson's ideas about well, what, how to, to apply, fix it. To apply reasonable measures, and reasonable is not to shut down all the nuclear power plants. Why are we not uh, looking into solving the the uh, the problem that arises with you know nuclear? 
uh, uh, waste. Why are we not doing that? No, it's one direction only. Get rid of all of the nuclear power plants. Uh, but like I said, I mean, look at this. And then they want the people, all the people to, 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 uh, to ride electric cars. Where is the energy going to come from? Okay, but what, what, g- g- give me like two Christine Anderson ideas to help the environment. Specific things, not overarching things, but specific okay. things. First of all, Germany should immediately, uh, once again, take up uh, um, running nuclear power plants. Um, it's not going to be done, you know, in a day or two, not even in a year or two, because we completely uh, got out of that whole scientific uh, area. So um, if we started now, we probably would be able to um, to come back to nuclear power plants in eight, nine, ten years, something like that. You know, so that probably the first thing we 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 should do, and uh, stop putting up these ridiculous windmills because they're not the solution to a problem. They're actually the cause of many problems we're seeing now. So um, I that's think the, the Netherlands you know, run their entire and uh, train system. And stop and please stop exploiting all of these children, you know, uh, digging out of the mud, all of the, the minerals we need to to buy uh, to uh, for the um, batteries for the electric cars. I mean, the infrastructure isn't there, for God's sakes. Okay. Um, we, that's all the time that we have. Listen, I, I hope uh, I thought there was a robust discussion. Um I think if I were to just say something about the the, the environment, I, I think um, it, I, I think I really think that if you if your party and if right wing parties in Western nations actually came up with specific plans that weren't just about undoing the plans of the last guy, but actually creating something that no one's thought of or just coming yeah, out well, from a different you, direction. You know what? I, no, just just let me say this: we do come up with plans. We have alternative. Uh, a means of you know solving a lot of problems the point is this though people refuse to even listen to us because guess what we are nazis and any discussion is over at that point that's what they're doing do they not just found their clip you just gave them their clip christine you just, no, you just gave I mean, it to them no but, but that's it's the truth you know so they shut down any debate on what so on anything you know, because you do not or can't give these people a platform. It's ridiculous. Well, listen, I'll give you I, I don't I don't I'll interview you again. I don't like saying giving a platform because it doesn't make any sense to me. This I know. Was a, this was an interview. I appreciate your time. Christine Anderson, thank you very much for joining us again on Black Bolt. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye now. All right. Well, I'm at my hotel. It's pretty nice. I don't have much to say about that interview because she wouldn't. Uh, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't as informative as, as I would have liked to be. The one thing I will say that uh, that right wing politicians have in common is that they often give you. Even though I'm not trying to come at this like a reporter in a scrum or anything like that, they answer as if I am, and I and I find it. I, it can be a little frustrating. I thought that interview um, was. I would say non-eventful. It wasn't great. It wasn't. Uh, you know, it wasn't horrible, but there wasn't really much new information unearthed. Um, we learned a little bit about her visit to Canada, that she's never really spoken to Pierre Polyev, and that Leslie Lewis and her had a subsequent conversation and a lot uh, and after uh, the original controversy. So I think that is actually my that's my takeaway from the interview. Um, the, the, the non-answer of the environment thing um, is the other takeaway. But the first takeaway is that 
I think that we should defer to Leslyn Lewis. If she met and spoke with Christine Anderson and then had a subsequent meet with her or a conversation that we should defer to her whether or not she sat down with the racist. I don't think that we need to dictate to a black woman, like especially if you're a white liberal or something like that. I don't think you're supposed to dictate to a black woman what, you know, what is racist. I think Leslie Lewis probably has a pretty good idea being a black woman for, you know, being on the earth as long as she has you know what racism is so i think that we need to understand that um that you should not get crucified um that whole guilt by association thing was is a right wing concept uh and it came out um it, it probably happened a lot before this but it came out into the public's ether when obama had his reverend right problem and the people were trying to say because he was preaching from the pulpit god damn america that somehow Barack Obama hates America. And so if Leslyn Lewis meets with uh, Christine Anderson, I don't know why anyone would ever give her a problem with that. I think it's ridiculous. I don't think you have to co-sign the people that you meet with. I think you can meet with absolute monsters and still walk away going, no, no, I'm not the monster. That person was the monster. So anyways, my, uh, my appreciation to Christine Anderson for joining us today, and we will see you next time on Black Bolt. Black Bolt. everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests the blue hotel hotline and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story get a room and listen in at the blue hotel begins Friday, September 23rd. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback.